Amen. There's no other place we would rather be than in the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. While you're standing, why don't you grab your Bibles? Let's get into the word of the Lord this morning. I'm excited about what God holds for our church this coming year. I believe this year is going to be different to all the other years that are coming. Amen. I believe God is going to do great things. I believe God is going to do different things. And I'm excited to be a part of that. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of 1 Kings this morning. I think we were in the book of Kings earlier this morning in life class. I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to read a few verses there, a verse or two there, and we're going to skip over to 1 Kings chapter 20. Praise the Lord. I feel like God spoke to me and gave me this word while I was driving home, dodging those potholes I was talking about earlier. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 18. If you got it, say amen. Amen. The Bible says this, Yet I have reserved 7,000. Someone say 7,000. I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. If you flip over to the next chapter, 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 1, it says this, Now Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together. Thirty-two kings were with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it. And if you skip down to verse 15 now, I'm going to fill in the blanks as we go. It says this, Then he mustered the young leaders of the province, and there were 232. And after them he mustered all the people, all the children of Israel, and they put them all together and numbered them all up. And there was 7,000 of them. I want to preach to someone today that you are not alone. I want to preach to someone that even when you feel like you are alone and nobody is standing with you, God has in place those who stand with you, even if you cannot see them. The church is not alone. And so I want to preach for a little while this morning on this thought, not alone. Would you put your Bibles down, close your eyes, raise your hands. Let's just talk to the Lord one more time. Precious Jesus, we love you today. We magnify you. We exalt you. Father, have your way. Let your anointing rest upon me. Let your anointing rest upon the hearts of your people, Lord, as we open up your word and see what you would say to us today. We love you. We thank you. Have your way, Lord. We surrender our lives to your purpose and to your plan for this day. We love you. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Turn to the person next to you. Say, not alone. Turn to the person on the other side say, not alone. Not alone. Praise the Lord. The prophet Elijah is a fascinating man to study. He is fiery. He's brash. He's bold. He's connected with God. He is, we would say, the archetype, the, the template, the typical example of the Old Testament prophet. It was Elijah and Moses who appeared on the mount with Jesus at Transfiguration. Elijah represented the Old Testament prophets. Imagine the scene, if you would, 
As the prophet with white hair and beard lifts up leathered hands to the sky and begins to pray to the one true God of the nation of Israel, Yahweh. He doesn't pray long. He doesn't pray loud. He just prays a 63-word prayer in the presence of false prophets who are worshiping a false god. Surrounded by a nation that has backslidden and taken up the worship of Baal. At the end of that 63 word prayer, imagine the sound as fire falls from heaven, crackling and white hot, consuming the sacrifice that Elijah has laid out and the wood that Elijah had carefully put in order upon the altar. The Bible tells us that not only was the wood consumed, but the Bible says that the very stones that Elijah had pulled together and set up as an altar were consumed and and the barrels of water in the time of drought, there's a message in that as well, that Elijah had poured over the sacrifice were all evaporated. The entire thing was destroyed with the sound of this fire, this fire that fell from heaven. You know, I don't think there could have been a greater demonstration of the power of God. It proved undeniably that Elijah served the only true and living God for all day The prophets of Baal had worshipped, had sung, had called, had cut themselves trying to get their dead God to respond with fire. Elijah prays 63 words and fire falls from heaven. Elijah lived up to his name, which means my God is Yahweh. And yet, Bible scholars suggest that looking at Elijah, perhaps Elijah struggled with depression. Elisha struggled with perhaps mental illness even, something that we don't like to talk about too much. Because after the fire falls from heaven and the the drought is broken, Elijah says to the king, get in your chariot, head off to the city. There's a great rain coming. This drought is going to break and it happens. The very next part of the narrative is we find Elijah sitting under the tree saying, Lord, just kill me. I want to die. I'm done. I've had enough. I'm alone. There's no one here beside me. He felt like he was alone. He felt like nobody understood him. He felt like he was the only one who was standing for God. He felt like he was the only one who was committed. He felt like he was the only one that stood for truth. The only one who sacrificed his life for the one true God of Israel. He's complaining to God as he sits under this tree, God, I have done everything you have asked me. Just kill me, Lord. I'm done. I'm done with this life. Take me home, Jesus. I'm finished. We can feel like that sometimes. We can feel like that sometimes. Surrounded by the culture, surrounded by the world that we live in, it can be easy sometimes to feel like we are alone. At our workplaces now, we can be the only ones who are standing for truth. 
when we are the only ones concerned with being holy, when we are the only ones that are concerned with being separated, when we are the only ones who live our life different to everybody else around us, when we are the only ones in the world that seem to have values that are not aligned with where the vast majority of this world is heading, we seem to be sometimes the only ones concerned with serving God. We don't worship what everybody else in this world worships. We don't bow just because everybody else in the world around us bows. Amen. And over time, hear me now, we can begin to question God as we stand day after day after week after month after years. And perhaps we can start to get something in our heart that begins to complain to God like Elisha did and say, God, I am the only one who is standing for you. God, I am the only one who gets it. God, nobody understands me and what I'm going through. And so God pulls Elijah aside into a wilderness place and he begins to give him directions. And brothers and sisters, I am so glad that despite how I feel, God will still give me direction. Because it is in the wilderness that we become attuned to the still, small voice of God as He gives direction. Amen. How I feel does not change the fact that God will still order my steps. No matter what my eyes tell me. No matter what my heart tells me. No matter what my head speaks to me. God is still on His throne. Amen. And He will still issue directions for our lives. Oh, someone shout hallelujah right now. My feelings do not dictate who is in charge of my life. And so God tells Elijah, God gives Elijah direction. He says, I want you to go and anoint Hazel as king of Syria. I want you to go and anoint Jehu as king of Israel. And I want you to go and anoint Elisha as prophet in your stead. And then we get to the verse that we read. God directly addresses how Elijah is feeling. He says, yet I have, in verse 18 of 1 Kings chapter 19, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. God reminded Elijah. He said, Elijah, there is a faithful remnant that has not bowed and will not bow. Despite how you feel, Elijah, I still have 7,000 people who just like you have refused to bow. I still have 7,000 who believe that I am God. I still have 7,000 who have refused to submit to what everybody else around them is submitting to. I still have those who refuse to follow the crowd. I still have those who refuse to submit. I still have those who stand for truth. And Elijah, you cannot see them, but they are there and they are serving me. Can I tell someone today, the greatest lie that you will ever fall for is that you are living for God and that you are alone. And the greatest lie this church could ever believe is that we are alone. Because if the devil can convince you that you are alone, he will have you where he wants you. And you will begin to isolate. And you will begin to withdraw. And you will begin to feel like no one understands you. And no one 
one understands your struggle. But hear this preacher this morning. You are not alone. Hallelujah. The church is not alone. Hallelujah. There are others who will stand for truth with you. We are surrounded by brothers and sisters right now this morning in this place who have made the same commitment to righteousness, have made the same commitment to truth, who have weighed up the cost and said, yes, it's worth living for Jesus still. Yes, it's worth living for Him. Yes, it's worth laying down my life. You are not alone. Does it mean you won't struggle? It doesn't mean you won't go through seasons of hardship. But don't ever believe for one second that you are alone. In the middle of your wilderness. In the middle of your hardship. In the middle of your desert place. When everything around you screams you're alone. God still has 7,000. That has refused to bow to bow. Someone shout hallelujah right now. Praise you Jesus. Praise you Jesus. Praise you Jesus. So Elijah does what every good prophet should do, what every good Christian should do. God gives him direction. He follows what God tells him to do. He goes out. He anoints Elisha. But he hasn't anointed Hazel yet. He hasn't anointed Jehu yet. And we get into chapter 20, verse 1. Now Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together, 32 kings were with him with horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it. I have observed in my life that when I follow the directions that God has set out in my life, it is then that the greatest attacks of the enemy will come. It is when we start to pursue righteousness. It's when we start to pursue holy living. It's when we start to pursue living in right condition with God and being surrendered to Him. It's then that you attract the attention of the enemy. When we start making wise choices, when we stop focusing on how alone we feel and how hard it is and start focusing on fulfilling God's will for our life, it's then the enemy will come and attack. Why? Because the enemy will seek to sabotage everything you want to do for God before you ever get a chance to carry it out. Why? The directions that God gave Elijah was going to change the face of the world. Oh, he wasn't just going to go patty cake for Jesus. No, he was going to go anoint a new king of Syria and a new king of Israel and a new prophet. He was setting the direction of the region for decades to come. He was a world changer. And so the enemy attacks. Why? Because he knows that if God's people, or oh, hear me now, start following the direction for his life, they will change the face of their world. When you wholeheartedly follow God's will for your life, you unlock the potential for you to be the greatest change of agent in this world. You will be the window of the greatest revival this world has ever seen. If you can decide, I'm going to stop sitting under a tree and feeling sorry for for myself. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow His direction because I'm not alone. I've still got 7,000 behind me. So the enemy comes. Not only do they come, the Bible says that they besieged Samaria. 
They besieged Samaria. To besiege means they totally surrounded the city. They cut it off. They isolated it. There was no way out, no way in. They were alone. Are you seeing a parallel here? Elijah felt alone in the wilderness. And Ahab is looking around the plains. And everywhere he looks, he sees thousands and thousands of enemy soldiers. We are besieged. We are alone. My army isn't even here. I'm stuck. There's no way out. I'm alone. And again, God comes through just in time with a word. You know, I, I'm so glad for the word suddenly in the Bible. You know, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. You know, 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 13, suddenly a prophet approached Ahab, the king of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, have you seen this great multitude? Well, duh. Of course I've seen them. I still feel alone. The Lord says, Behold, I will deliver it into your hand today, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ahab said, verse 14, By whom? How are you going to do this? And he said, Thus says the Lord by the young leaders of the province. And he said, Who will set the battle in order? And he answered you, oh, brothers and sisters, right on cue, when things seem to be at the darkest, when things seem to be the most hopeless, with their enemy besieging them and an enemy determined to destroy them and an overwhelming force, God shows up just like he did with Elijah. And he gives them a word. And Ahab asks the prophet, how is God going to do this? Hear me now. The prophet says by the young leaders in the province, what does that mean? It means I am going to use exactly who you've got. I don't need any more. I don't need any less because I am God. Hallelujah. You might feel isolated. You might feel alone. You might feel surrounded by the enemy. But if you've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you have within you everything you need to be victorious for Jesus. Not alone. 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 15. So Ahab says, okay, well, let's just see who we've got. So he mustered all the young leaders of the province, and there were 232. And after them, he mustered all the people. Every single person that could hold a sword. Every single man that could stand in a line and hold a spear. And Ahab goes down the line, he counts them all out. There's 7,000 of them. Don't miss the parallel here that God is trying to give us. Hallelujah. God has on hand 7,000 people who have not bowed down to Baal. You are not alone, Elijah. God has 7,000 people on hand. It can be used to deliver the city. You are not alone, city of Samaria. God has exactly what He needs to bring you through your situation, to bring you through your desert, to bring you through your wilderness, to take you out to the other side in victory. So what does that mean for us today? We all go through seasons, hallelujah, where we feel like we are alone. 
where we can feel like God has forgotten our address, lost our postcode. For those younger amongst us, it can sometimes feel like God stopped following us on Insta. He's unfriended us on Facebook. He's not sending us any snaps. God's not getting you be real. That's one I learned last night. God's not getting you be real. And we can feel like we are alone. That nobody understands what we are going through. And we can all go through seasons of life where we feel like we are under siege from the enemy. Not just under attack, but under siege where everywhere we look there's circumstances and problems and situations and we feel surrounded by the enemy. But the message that I want to leave you with today is this. God has already given you everything you need to make it through. Hallelujah. You might not find yourself on top of a mountain hearing the still small voice of God. But this year, you will hear the voices of preachers from this pulpit who will share with you what God's Word says about His will for our lives. Oh, brothers and sisters, you're going to hear direction. You're going to hear words of encouragement. At times, you will hear words of correction. But you will have a pastor who loves you and cares for you and wants to see God's will fulfilled in your life so that means you are not alone you're not alone unless you choose to be alone you still have brothers and sisters in this church who stand for holiness you still have brothers and sisters in this church who stand for truth you might not find yourself literally besieged in a city with the enemy at the gates. But there will be times when you will find yourself seemingly surrounded on all sides by the enemy of your soul. And even in those moments, you are not alone. You might not have a prophet who will suddenly appear in your room to pronounce the word of the Lord, but you will still have your Bible. And your Bible is still a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. When all seems dark and all seems hopeless and all seems like nothing can happen anymore, you can open God's Word and get a little light. You might not physically have someone around you, but you still have His Word. You still have a lamp. His Word says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. And if you have been with the Holy Spirit begin to kindle it up in your heart right now because you will understand you can never be alone when the presence of God is with you anywhere you want to be as we all stand this morning this year is a new year and this isn't even our theme for the year I haven't quite worked out what our theme is for the year but I'm believing God for great things this year and sometimes as we look around as a church, we can just wonder how God is going to provide. But if God has 7,000 who have not bowed to Baal, and God can use a mere 7,000 men to defeat an overwhelming enemy who threatened to crush them, 
then I have to believe that God can provide for our church. And I have to believe that God can provide for you. And I have to believe that God can provide for me. And I have to believe that even when I see no way out, God will still provide a way out. Hallelujah. Why? Because we have each other and we are united in our mission to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we still have His Word. And we still have His Spirit. And last time I checked, my Bible tells me that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. So you're not alone this morning. You're not alone this morning. This morning, if you can, I would like everyone to come up to the front. We're going to pray together as a family. And we want to strengthen some